Hello and welcome to None of Us Is Yet A Robot, the podcast. Oh my goodness, it's been three years since I last recorded a podcast and I guess I've been pretty busy, you know? I mean, how have you been? It's, um, yeah, it's been a pretty full-on time, which is why I haven't recorded any podcasts. But I'm back and the reason that I'm uh, back with you at this point in time is because I have a book coming out this year. Uh, the book is a collection of the last five shows that I made, all of which collectively make up the None of Us Is Yet A Robot project. And as part of the book, as well as the text of the plays, which are being presented in all kinds of cool ways, including one as a comic strip, uh, I wanted to speak with people to reflect actually on the fact that the last seven years, which is the span of that project, has been a pretty wild time for trans politics in the UK and beyond. And so I wanted to have some conversations with different artists who've been important to making those shows and to people who I just feel have significant voices. And so each of the playtexts is introduced in the book by one of these conversations. And I wanted to release them in full as podcasts as well. So in the run up to the book being published, which will happen in June 25th, there's going to be a podcast every week, so you have uh, a few to look forward to. And this first podcast is a conversation with the brilliant artist and maker Rachel Mars. Rachel is a great friend and was instrumental in the making of the first three pieces, really, of the project of Language, Doodle and Eggbox. And I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope that you will as well. So without further ado, here is Rachel Marks. Hey Rachel Marks. Hello, good evening. Um, thanks for joining me. Um, so to kick off, um, here we sit in the Yard Theatre. Made in China set on the stage, so it's nothing to do with us, but we're going to watch later on. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, and for the purposes of the podcast, would you like to introduce <laughs> yourself and how you identify? Hello. Uh, my name is Rachel Mars. Um, I recently wrote something for jokes, but actually I think it's probably true. Uh, which is, I use the pronoun she with a they inflection, which <laughs> made me laugh. But actually, I think it's probably, <laughs> there's a truth to it. Um, I'm a theatre maker, I think, and a writer, um, increasingly. And that's what I do in the daytimes. Yeah. Nice. That's who I am. It's really <laughs> nice to see you. It's I know. It's been so long. Yeah, it really has. Really, really has. Um... So I'm really mindful that we're recording this in November 2018. Yeah. But it will be listened to in like, well, who knows, in 500 years. <laughs> <laughs> What's happened? What's happened in the world? Tell us. Did our heads get brought back <laughs> in, um, in glass jars? What mm-hmm. a terrible thought. Um, but I'm going to put them out in like March next year. So yeah. um, what's happening for you in the world now what's the like what's to relocate people into the context of November 2018 November 2018 yeah rather than to relocate ourselves into the future (laughs) (laughs) what's happening for me 
just at all. Yeah, well, I guess what's happening for you and also what's happening in the world right yeah, now. Yeah, right now. What's the, the big stuff. What's the overview? The overview. I mean, the overview terribly and tediously and continuingly is, oh yeah, March. Sorry, I'm just thinking. Is a, a still dreadful shitstorm of uncertainty around the, the EU. So that's lovely. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's still rolling. Yeah. Um, and so by March... You'll know what happened. We'll know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we might know what happened. But yeah, so that kind of <laughs> continues. I um, think that Theresa May is going to get it through with all things. It's a jolly good deal. <laughs> by then. Yeah. Great, <laughs> let's go for that. Jesus. Um, so that's sort of... That's sort of up for me right now. Um, what else is up for me? Are you feeling the repercussions of that? Um, I have had quite a peculiar month uh, of, or coming up for a month, three weeks. Po- I was in New York at the end of October, mm. and the Pittsburgh synagogue shootings happened while I was there. Right. And that, uh, that, and the response to that mm. uh, here, not in the US. Um, has brought up a load of stuff for me and that combined with Brexit to make me reevaluate notions of home mm. and visibility. Um, so there have been, yeah, just a few like people reaching out to me after that artist from this country, mm. Jewish artist, being like, how, how are you feeling about the response? Mm. And it's like unearthed. I thought I'd done this work, and I clearly haven't. Mm. It's unearthed a load of work that I've got to do around that identity, uh, and that identity as an artist in this country. So that has been... So, yeah, the sort of of re-clanging of, oh, God, we don't live where we thought we lived, which I think we've all been feeling for, like, two or three years, combined with that Mm -hmm. and some sort of industry stuff around that issue... um, has been really present for me so it's just yeah I think I'm really thinking about home at the moment yeah. and maybe it is it isn't here mm-hmm. it isn't really anywhere mm-hmm. else which is fine yeah. but I think I've just been going like oh <laughs> yeah. yeah so that's been quite loud for me so that's a kind of yeah like a cultural religious identity thing that's been up mm. so that's where I've been sort of Politically or internally thinking. What about you? Um, what about me? Politically? Okay. I mean, I think that kind of we're not where we thought we are has been really mm. present at the moment. And like since the summer, since when was the like all of the, the papers started? Pub- oh, with the GR, like the mm-hmm. Gender Rec- Recognition Act yep. thing coming up. And like like Brexit, just when it came up, just being like, oh, this is just like a really dull nothing. Yeah. It's a nothing. It's not going to change anything. It doesn't really affect... Mm-hmm. Like, it, I don't... It doesn't make me excited, whatever. It's just a thing that people who are really... People who are trans might fill it in or might not bother. Yeah. And then the surprise of it unfolding into this, like... And, and the thing of, again, I don't know, I feel like with Brexit, of feeling like, oh, it's a no-brainer. Of course we're not going to yeah. leave. And then the opposition, the minority view, potentially opposition, who, like, when you reflect, have more to gain 
by making momentum with it, suddenly taking something that's not an issue yeah. and rushing it and making it a big issue. And then you're like, wow, I haven't got nothing to like counter this with because you weren't <laughs> expecting it. It's not a fucking issue. Like, what are you even going to leave the yeah. EU? And, like, and with the gender like, I keep just thinking, like, what have you read, guys? Yeah. What have you read? What are you reading? And I know that's like a basic point, mm. but with all this stuff about the GRA, I was like, what? What have these people read? I think it's nothing. <laughs> well, I think it's. And I mean, so, I think it's nothing informed, but I think it's yeah. a lot of stuff on the internet. Sure, what read, like but nothing like there's that brilliant the legal. I can't remember that. That um, uh, who wrote it? It would help if I knew for this <laughs> podcast. Um, super long article looking about looking at the GRA in terms of legal stuff, mm. point by point. And I was like, everyone should just read this. Yeah, helpful. but we but we're in post truth. Yeah, and post complexity and post nuance. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, and complexity might take us nicely yeah. to 2012 right. in a moment. But um, but yeah, like we're totally living in this kind of. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about the facts. What matters is about like who shouts the loudest or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that's I guess like in terms of public things, just a real shocker that there was this period of time. And like always in the back of my head thinking that like, oh I think maybe I'm imagining it. Maybe I'm imagining it, and there isn't really stuff in the papers every mm. day. And then, like, there just being so many things that I was like, I'm really not <laughs> okay. Even like, this isn't my overactive imagination or my kind of like, you know, desire to have a victim complex or any of the other things I can like put on myself. Yeah, you're like, oh, this really just is happening. Yeah. And then since then, just kind of feeling very unsure again. Like, mm. I don't know if, unless I know you and I know your politics regarding trans people yeah. I'm going to take a, an assumption that you're potentially hostile yeah. and that feels like a really boring place to be back into mm-hmm. um, again so I guess that's the th- and, th- and then beyond that I've been like just a bit disengaged with things and playing roller derby and just putting my head down <laughs> doing that living my life yeah. um, and you know engaging as, a, as I can but yeah it feels Turbulent mm. at the moment, out of doors, and yeah. with no, and um, Bolsonaro in Brazil, like you yeah. know, like an, yet another election that goes towards right wing yeah. fascism, anti LGBT mm-hmm. rights in quite a big way, and I spent quite a lot of time in Brazil the last couple of, of years, course. so that feels that feels also close to home and close to well, like it will literally affect people that I know. And it will literally affect me if I want to go back there and yeah. stuff like that. So, oh, it's, it's joyful, isn't it? Lo- loads, of, all the lols. All the lols. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about radical pleasure, or pleasure as a radical act, increasingly, because it's it's so yeah. easy for it to just uh, just feel selfish or uh, yeah, selfish to try and seek out pleasure at the moment. Yeah. But actually, I think it's necessary and radical. If I'm allowed to quote myself (laughs) (laughs) in the context of this podcast. I mean, please do. Think of any rituals for change. Um, No, the the thing from that is about the radical act is to exist. The radical act is to be seen, but to allow ourselves to heal Mm. is the radical act. Mm -hmm. And that does still feel like more... I feel like everything I've worked on the last few years has become more um, relevant, actually, as the tide has rolled on mm. but yeah just like actually the notion of it's okay it's okay to take pleasure it's okay to mm. heal ourselves because otherwise we can just be in this raw yeah we're just in a wound the whole time walking around yeah. which is no well a it's 
no help and B, it's no fun. Exactly. <laughs> and complexity. Mm. Wasn't that like mm-hmm. what it was all about? So back in it was. 2012, yeah. um, let me set the context. We, well, I mean, the timeline of this is nuts because it's so close and it's so forever ago. Yeah. And I guess there's like cycles. Maybe we're coming up with like a seven year cycle and that is like everything, isn't it? Or we mm-hmm. renew every six years or all of those things. Um, but on the one hand, like everything related to transition and stuff, I just feel like, no, but it's been like this forever. Of course it's been like this. My body's been like this forever and it really hasn't. Um, but yeah, in 2011, I saw your show, Tomboy Blues, at Edinburgh Festival, and that was very inspiring to me. And then I didn't know you and so out of the blue contacted you in a sort of like, oh, I really like your work. I'm thinking of making some work about gender, mm-hmm. I guess, is what it sort of says. Mm-hmm. Would you kind of meet about it? Like yeah, that was basically the start. Yeah. And, then and I didn't didn't know you. I think I knew of you through like Jamie and that collaboration, Jamie Wood, but I didn't know you. Did you know Jamie before though? Well, because I know Wendy. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. It's all gone a bit uh, performance partners. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Wendy Hubbard, I've known yeah. for like fifteen years. Yeah. But I'd never seen your work. No. Few people have. No, but as like a performer, <laughs> I hadn't seen you in anything, which that's what you were sort of mainly doing. Yeah, um, and I, well, I've been mainly working as a company with Jamie Wood and Sebastian mm. Dawson as the Frequency DC, um, and we've been making work, lol, about masculinity, <laughs> um, which I guess I had stuff to say about yeah. masculinity, but was also kind of like sort of pretending masculinity, and I think so. In 2012, I mean, I'm just like. It's nuts going back into my head and back into those things that happened because I just keep thinking of so many examples of things that just were so huge. Like I feel like you were there, yeah, holding a space for me to experience. So we met at the well big thing the first time. Do you remember? Where did we meet? The, the cafe. Well, yeah, the cafe. I think that's true. You yeah. were wearing a bowler hat, and. Cowboy boots. Oh my god. And you were doing that show with your dad. Yeah. And there were low, like, even those decisions for you, I think, were quite big that yeah. day. Of, like, the bowler hat and the cowboy boots. Yeah. I remember that being, like, we then reflected that that was actually quite a, like, big set of visual decisions that yeah. you'd made. Um, yeah, so that was, like, moons ago. Just, like, hard to think how, how much lack of permission I felt yeah. to. Um, to do things which some of which is related to my personal situation um, and looking after other people's sensibilities mm. um, and part of which I think is just indicative of how fucking hard it is to come out mm. as anything mm. but in terms of the journey of coming out as a trans woman in terms of like working out my identity as a queer trans woman um, yeah things that feel now very obvious and, and always and ever present like I think like, that's why I was just so worried about things that would give it, give it away yeah. or like I remember I was talking about that because there was um, what was that show called Franklin and Son mm. I think you you I remember us talking maybe like a couple of months later about um, your legs mm. and like the shaving or unshaving of your legs for that show mm. so there are all these like things which are of course they're massive mm. they're massive but um, 
yeah, just these like supposedly small things that just yeah. spoke volumes about visibility and permission. Yeah. So it's all about time. I mean, it just makes me so sad. <laughs> it makes me so sad for like all of that stress um, mm. and fear and but shame. Do you, but do you think it was necessary? What, to feel all those things? To have felt that. I mean, obviously, in a different future, it would be like in a parallel world. Yeah. I, mean, I just think, I, I wonder if they're unfortunately necessary to then feel them and get through them. It's fucking awful. What, like a kind of baptism of fire type yeah. thing? In the, in the world that we live in at the moment. I mean, I I'd rather not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I definitely see people who are of a different generation mm. finding a way to, finding a way to their um, gender without difference all without all yeah. of that. Which is interesting, right? A different generation, but it's probably like seven years or something. Yeah, it's not that different. It's not it? like 25. Yeah, it's yeah. changed so rapidly. Yeah. But then also, like, if I was older and I'd been alive in the 80s, then yeah. I might have had more, like, in terms of expression. Mm. And, you know, I think there were... Because like, in the grand scheme of trans people not being new and being ancient, yeah. I think there's been times where, je- where people have been able to find yeah. a way to that. Um, a path to that easier, but I just like how crazy gendered it was. Anyway, so I was, that's where I was. It was super, it was, yeah, it was not easy. And, and our work together was not easy, not because the work wasn't easy, like the making of the work, because yeah. that felt like fruitful and, you know, e- easy in some ways to like, because there was so much to say, yeah. <laughs> or so much to think about and so many places to start. But the, yeah, I mean, the, the vital interpersonal stuff around it mm. felt so hard and really, yeah, heavy. So there's a couple of things that, um, because I think like as theatre makers, we were both quite experienced, well, we were both fairly experienced by the time that we stopped, that we came together at that yeah, period of time. I think so. Like, um, obviously it's six years further on, we're more experienced mm-hmm. now, but we certainly weren't, no, we weren't, we weren't making our first no. shows, we'd, all, we'd each made about three, four shows or something like that, so we were, we were churning, churning them out, <laughs> um, and a kind of at a point as well of like, so, so in, in a way creatively, I feel like we connected and that mm. was good, and we like the same sort of style of things and works worked well together, so that was like almost not really the thing that it was all really about. The yeah. thing was really about having a space to kind of uncover stuff. And I feel like what I came to this artist statement that I've used loads since about that came from the Lifeguard book about like what's the duty of care of being an artist and like being honest and all of that stuff. And it's like that came out of Yeah, that, that Lifeguard time. book, which was you brought in in, yeah, in 2012. Yeah. And then we were about to do a rehearsal and you're like, I can't come. I've got a son. Yeah. <laughs> Coming on the outside. <laughs> having, a, having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> so Joey was born on the Thursday of a, what was supposed to be a five-day rehearsal week. Yeah. So we got three days. Yeah. <laughs> Other things happen. In that first week. Um, but yeah, like, what's your... What's your... Because I think the other thing is, like, it took... We started working in 2012 on what, I guess, became... Language, language and doodle yeah. and egg box really because that material went into all three of those yeah. and we made material that honestly every time I see someone making their like first show about being yeah. trans I'm like oh that's the show that we made 
without fail because we made so much material. But I'm like, oh yeah, that, 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 that. Like, I think we went through some stuff, but we never put it on, right? Like, mm. we kept coming to the performance bit and going, and I feel really grateful for you for, for recognizing when, when it was not actually. The, when it was not for the public. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, that was a, it was a sort of tricky line, wasn't it? Where we were going, hang on, how much of this is, how much of this is us educating ourselves mm-hmm. through the process? How much of that needs to go in the show? Mm. How much of these shows have a, not a duty of care, but a duty of education mm-hmm. to an audience? How much do you assume an audience already knows when they walk yeah. in? And what's pleasurable and theatrically good to watch? Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like it was a... Yeah, it was a, like, a hell of a lot, isn't it? It was a lot to wrestle. To, yeah. yeah. In, in essentially what was one and then became three pieces of work. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was a trying to find that balance. Because there is... A, of course there's a space for... Uh, inform informative work, mm-hmm. and I don't think I don't think we didn't totally do that. I think they were informative. Yeah. Um, but it was also like, what's the what's the form or what's the aesthetic to hold that? So it isn't just mm-hmm. a TED talk. Yeah. Which I don't think they were. No, I don't think they were. I think like retrospectively, there was a point with language that, that never actually performed all that much. Mm. It's interesting. It's going to exist written down because. It does feel dated, yeah. but it feel I can't really tell if it's dated because I've just moved on or if it's, times yeah. have moved on. I think, I mean, a large part of language is explaining what the word cis means, yeah, because it, people didn't like know of it. Um, so that's obviously that that is definitely a dated thing, yeah. But a couple of years when I did perform it at Bradford Literature Festival and went and revisited it for that. Um, which was cool because then you're like oh there's loads of decisions we made here that just kind of work and it actually felt like quite a robust piece to step into I realised at that point I was like oh yeah this is not the piece that's made for the trans community this is a piece that is made to educate people who have less of a language of trans issues and like we used to say you know it's a trans 101 but like hopefully went a bit beyond where other trans 101s by being a bit more factual or a bit more into the the guts and the dirt of it than other things but also written at a time when I wasn't really experiencing like I was experiencing a lot of it but I was not experiencing really the guts of it in the way that I do now yeah what yeah, happened since it was sort of prior a lot of so it was it was kind of tracking alongside a lot of first steps yeah I think um first steps of expression, first steps of uh, declaration, first steps of medical stuff, like all those things yeah, yeah. were like tracked through that process. Really. Which, which I think is why it feels so related to other artists and other people who are putting that kind of thing out. And it's like someone recently was saying about um, how we like, what, what, Ages in the trans community, and I think like it's probably equivalent to queer community as well, but the broader, broader kind of LGBT. Um, in that, when people are first coming out, they have a lot more energy mm-hmm. to engage, <laughs> but not necessarily as much kind of like oh, yeah. wisdom. Yeah, it's like um, queer teenager. I always talk about queer teenagers, like that comes 
in, it can come in your 20s, 30s, 40s. Mm-hmm. And it comes with, a, yeah, a massive energy yeah. and a kind of blinkered uh, and slightly delightful self-interest. Yeah. Uh, that is totally permissible, as it should be. Um, yeah, but perhaps not the the wisdom or the eloquence to yeah. express yourself. Which is, I think, where... Like, in a way, if I think about the opus, <laughs> um, which I shouldn't laugh about, because it is an opus, all the work you've done. Like, when I saw Rituals of Change, I was like, ah, okay, here we go. Yeah. Like, here's the art. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a... Or, like, here's... Here's the work that has a, a much bigger step away from the um, lived experience mm-hmm. and it's like transitioned, haha, that's that work, through like there's some kind of Rubik's Cube that's happened between uh, lived experience mm. and reading and stuff yeah. and then the work. Yeah. But all those early works are necessary and important. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. That's why they're going like to that they'll all be together. Yeah, so tempting to be like, just do rituals for change. That's yeah. the one that everyone likes. But it's great that the other stuff's going to be there to lead into it. Like I look at Eggbox now, and it's so fucking cheerful. <laughs> I can't bear it. You know, oh. it's so cheerful. I can't remember how cheerful it is. Oh, it's so chirpy. It kind of came out of the Petrucuccia yeah. challenge that you sent me, and then yeah. that I took to the um, like the young cool Jews. Oh, in Moisha House. Moisha yeah, House, the thank queer Jews. Yeah. Um, and did then as a Petrucuccia, and then like like two things with the work. Because the other thing that I remember is, I mean, so I remember so many like anecdotal moments. Maybe it'd be fun to just bang through those in a second but like in terms of the fundamental development of language we worked on it for like two years on and off never performed it took it to Buzzcut and that was like raw as like very raw (laughs) (laughs) a raw thing (laughs) a raw thing and like the first time I was standing in front of people Mm. and saying this and like I found in an early doodle um, I'd done this doodle of this thing that had happened with Nick Anderson of like Nick asking me what pronouns I like to use and me being like, oh no, I don't mind. And then go, actually, can you use gender neutral pronouns? I'm like, when did I ever use gender neutral pronouns? For a hot like, second there. <laughs> because it was too hard to say yeah. female pronouns, please. So all of that, like, fucking hell, all of that stuff. But then after that first outing in Buzzcut was also when we went and we were calling it small things. Oh yeah. Was when it was like... I don't th- like this is the wrong impulse to hide away and be small and to be like down in the like the visual memories and the visualizer yeah. and it was all on a tabletop and it was all very like super, tiny super DIY and tiny. some of the things that kind of did come back into rituals aesthetically actually with mm. like close ups and things but from there the big shift for language was going okay if it's paint it's got to be on the wall of yeah. the theatre and if it's doodle it can't be tiny in a page it's got to be bang on the big wall yeah. and somewhere between like I don't know, 2013 and 2014 oh, it came out right I mean that's, yeah. that's the, the moment which is really funny isn't it it is it's like you're doing an expansive gesture listeners <laughs> but that's what it was and that's what the show did yeah the show just expanded and then like uh, and the sort of punkier aesthetic I think mm. uh, uh, um, crept back in kind of but I think it was probably there all along but just announced itself as not to be ignored I think I think that's why I was like finding who I am and who I, like who I am as mm. a woman and what my style is and finally finding like a bunch of queer 
punky trans women yeah. who were like awesome and just like kind of like me and mm. you know quite grumpy <laughs> but like you know in a, a badass way I'm too cheerful to be a punk I can never actually be a punk but like aesthetically I like it and so but you know finding that and being like oh my god okay I can be this thing mm. and that feeling really true in a way that the bowler hat and the cowboy boots and the thing and the like ev- whatever else I tried had never felt right because like oh my we're just having a go, aren't we? We're all just having a go. I remember coming out to um, Bar Whatever with you one evening. Yes. Yeah. And, like. It was a big deal. That was a big deal. And I'm yeah. like, what, what was the big deal? I put eyeliner on and I yeah. wore some like glittery socks. <laughs> but and I and like yeah, and I, I just said, laugh, but no, it was a big deal. But it, and it is funny because it's socks and socks are silly. But also, like, I don't do down anyone who's yeah. experiencing that because it's, it is big. And I think there's something yeah. actually important in this, in this, like, sharing of all the excruciating, like, embarrassing bits and owning it rather than it's just not. starting where it was cool and yeah. sorted. And I think, and in a way, that's, you know, hopefully what the book will do as well. Yeah. And, and, uh, and that's true for this, and it's, all, it's also true for, like, any, you know, you don't tend to see people's first works in print because mm. they're often you know, at best a bit raw, at worst a total yeah. shit. Yeah. So it's quite nice. I'm not saying that I, I, I'm putting yours in the former camp. <laughs> but it's nice to know that that's, like... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's important to do all of that. Yeah, but whatever, I forgot about that. What? I, remember a, yeah. I remember a denim dress moment. Do you remember that? In Upstairs in Oval House. We were playing with clothes. I remember the day we played with clothes. Yeah. And we were put, even putting it off and putting it off. And like, maybe clothes aren't that important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I think maybe you should get dressed and undressed and put on other things. I remember that being quite a big thing. And the pain of that. Like, you yeah. looking at yourself in the mirror. And, like, the massive pain of that. That was like... Yeah, I remember that. And... Oh, I remember really... And I remember crying. And that being mm. like... I, I still don't cry that much apart but from when you listen to apart from when I watch the season the 2 finale season. of the West Wing um, Brothers in Arms because <laughs> that was the only way you cried before you like I'm just going to listen to Brothers in Arms yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but like now with hormones it is easier to cry definitely yeah. easier to cry and I cry more often um, and there's more to cry about right um, through that but so I, like actually crying was a surprising thing and I remember on that afternoon just a lot of a lot of like icky stuff coming out and we didn't really put that into the show because it wasn't no that's not like a necessary no that was more for for you for for me yeah but it's not necessary yeah and that was huge because like my whole up to that point all of the desire, all of the desire, which is just the desire to be true and to be like actualized and seen mm. and recognized, the radical act is to be seen. Um, but the only way that it had manifested had been in under the like um, terminology of this is cross-dressing and, mm. this, and, and therefore 
coming with like a shame connotation or coming with a kind of like fetishized connotation and all these things that made me very uncomfortable and also in a very sort of like cis masculine heteronormative like world actually the world of male cross-dressing um and so like to be able to I think it's probably the first time that I was able to acknowledge those desires in front of another human being mm. and the response be like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it seems fine. <laughs> so, so much permission. I also think that there was something because we were new, we were sort of new to each other. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that was really... It was even easier to be like, well, this is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I was just being presented with another human yeah. who I didn't have loads of backstory about apart from, like, you know, what what we learned about each other in two, three years. So you're just presented with a human who's who's really trying to be themselves. And so, of course... Mm. Like, oh, not of course, but should be of course. Your response is like, good! Yeah. <laughs> this seems good. Yeah, yeah. You know, and painful, and, and, and. But I think there's something about it being a new relationship or a new collaboration that just made that so straightforward. Because mm. you're not... I wasn't bringing anything of anything that I knew about you before, because I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Which also was quite refreshing, I think, mm. because of oh, because of that kind of, like, point of... Who have I? Who am I coming out to? I mean, that's another thing. Like, so it was I remember the admin? Oh my God, the admin are coming out. How old were you when you came out? Um, Did you have to do a lot of admin? Twenty-six. There's quite a lot of people to tell. There's quite a lot of people to tell. I mainly did it by by not. Oh God, I don't even know how I did it. I didn't really do it, to be honest. My mum did it for me. She was like, are you going a bit the other way? And I said, yeah, and that was the end of that. I don't remember having to have, like, the sit down, let me tell you something. Yeah. I just started fucking a lot of women. And then, like, <laughs> showing up at places with people. Oh and God, so, that sounds like so much more fun it's than It's so driving. much easier. And then, just, <laughs> and then being a bit like, what? Yeah, what? Because I've been in a six-year relationship with a bloke, and so yeah. then to show up, you know to a family wedding or something with yeah. someone female that did it yeah. um, I didn't really want to talk about it in abstract mm-hmm. I only really wanted to like present yeah. a, a, you know an actual thing um, so I don't think I had quite as much admin but I do remember being alongside you in the like right who are you telling next yeah you know I remember all of that and how did it go yeah and what were the conversations yeah and what were the que- like what questions yeah and why didn't they ask you any questions yeah. And and most of the time, if I remember correctly, those comings out being better than you expected. Mm-hmm. Like familial stuff is a slightly separate issue because it's so massive. But even that, um, yeah, it was a, it was a period of like um, breath in, anticipation, mm. prep, yeah, prep for rejection, prep for disaster. And then my memory of it was these slight out breaths every yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. That kind of like so the Rachel was just embodying yeah, sort of like lots of holding of breath up in the chest and tension. And I think that was like 
that was the experience actually was just those years was all up there and mm. all held and just waiting for like I don't know waiting for, yeah waiting for rejection mm. um, and gradually breathing out gradually breathing out mm. was yeah. long, it was a lot it was a lot um, the conversation I had with Maddie she reminded me of a thing that I'd said at the time of like being aware of whether the first question people asked me was how are you or how is your partner um, and that kind of setting the tone for how that rest of that conversation was going to go um, and I definitely remember that and I definitely remember that like, I would say 80-20 asked about how are, or like how's your mum how are your parents taking it how do they 80, feel 20 would, would say go, how is someone go else? there straight yeah how is, how is this affecting the people that are around you <laughs> rather how is this than the straighties? how are you let's talk about them um, yeah I mean that was there are certain things that we probably shouldn't go into in this mm. but that was a huge was also a huge part of it mm-hmm. it's the interpersonal stuff yeah of like relationships what do you remember stepping briefly away stepping rapidly away you know and it's also like that's there's a lot of stuff it's about privacy and it's not yeah. for that's fine and there's loads of stuff that actually isn't in this work and that's something that I think as a model of working that I take into now when I work as a mentor or dramaturg on people's work and I think we both kind of felt it before I think we were like discovering it on this but I think that you know what I really really value that I was working with you in that period of time is about recognizing what was what was what was for the what was the art and what was the life yeah and there was loads of life stuff and we so we did that and that was like above and beyond what the what the invitation was but we 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 worked our way through it and that was like a really beautiful kind of friendship and Mm. offer and thing that I needed at that time and then on the other side there was like making shows Mm. and I think we were really good and you were really good at knowing when it was time and knowing what was okay to put in and I feel like that's continued with the work that I did with Ivor and with like um, coming into you know Hearty which is like the most hot of all of the pieces but always making sure like no but it's okay the stuff I'm okay with the stuff the stuff can be big but I need to be the performer can't be like in trouble on the stage and I think we did that really yeah we um, did it's that thing of like if you you being the performer I mean people have different tastes but if I see a performer crying on stage because of their own stuff Mm. kill me now I don't care (laughs) yeah that's not what I want. Yeah. I want that to have been dealt with. Yeah. And I want you to hold a space without you crying in it so that I can cry. Yeah. So that was the sort of one of the tenets, wasn't it? Of like it was like being okay. Are you okay enough? Yeah. And there's I think for all that none of us shed a robot as a body of work shares a lot. There's a lot of that there's a lot that's not in there because mm. it doesn't, doesn't yeah. need to be and that informs who I am but it doesn't well, yeah, need to literally be in the work. No, and it allowed you, allows you to make the work. Yeah. So, with that in mind, stepping, <laughs> stepping. Tripping, <laughs> tripping away. Um, what do you remember? Um, let's check on the time. Okay, a minute. Um, yeah, what other things from like language specifically do you remember like in terms of the text and in terms of that Process that because I guess you saw it at Buzzcut and then you saw it at CPT, which was like yeah. the, the opposite ends of the. Well, there was there was suddenly guitars 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which hadn't been in Buzz Cut. Yeah. Uh, so there was there was that. I mean, that sounds like a kind of you know small thing to say, but it kind of wasn't. It was about voice mm. actually. So um, I just remember I, I remember like weird snapshots of things. I think it would be fascinating to read it again. Mm. Fascinating. Um, so from the text, I do remember all that stuff about like. I mean, fairly binary stuff around, like, the word cis and having to explain that. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff around putting 50Ps in your <laughs> knees. <laughs> like, this kind of notion of femaleness that was about the body yeah. and, and where things touched. Yeah. I remember all of that stuff. I remember all the Blue Peter stuff that we looked at. Yeah. And that brilliant Blue Peter music that's still in it. The goldfish... I shamefully maybe or maybe this is just how humans work remember the visuals more than I do the the language of the no. so-called language yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think yeah those are the things that I remember most May, uh, I wonder if it's because the sort of what actually ended up in the text for me is still bound up with all the things that weren't in it mm-hmm. that yeah. felt important about you know, identity and discussions of that. So yeah, that feels like a bit of a failure in, in the no, answer no, to that no, question. No, 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 I think it's a but failure I think at all. It's, like it's, yeah, I just remember, and, and the kind of sense of, the sense of fuck you that you'd got to it by the time it mm. opened at CPT and the lights and the, the guitaring and yeah. and that kind of, unap- the, 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 the journey to an apology. Do you remember we called the middle section complex trans women <laughs> yeah. um, or complicated, complicated trans, women. trans women which is a phrase from like a, a, a phrase from something we picked it up somewhere along the line yeah. I can't remember and I remember like that design like, and, and us knowing what we meant yeah. but not necessarily knowing how to like actually articulate what some of the complications what were some of the complications are to being a trans woman that is not present in the experience of being other flavours yeah. of trans person or yeah. other flavours of person exploring gender of other people who use she with a in, what they, they, inflection. With a they inflection etc <laughs> and that there are some really particular things to being a trans woman which honestly I can only really now appreciate yeah. with six years yeah. under my belt I, I remember a lot it was a lot of work about trans misogyny and you mm. and you were going like oh fuck me yeah this is this is complex this is a this is a shitstorm that yeah. I'm potentially heading into. So yeah, I remember that. And I'm really proud that we attempted it and we didn't, because I think what does for me set language out of some other work that I see um, is that we weren't, or, as much as it's for a cis audience mm. and it's this 101, I don't think we round off I don't think we round down. I think we we attempted to um, to get into the to get into some of the yeah. the stuff that are like even now I don't know how we get into it with people who are not experiencing that. And because and, and, and so I mean the final thing I want to kind of like talk about before we um, wrap up as well is about like his, historically what feels to you the difference between 2012 2013 and those conversations and now and like I guess one of the things that I feel you know, from 
from you know just off the top of my head than what, what, what we're talking is like I don't really remember us talking about non-binary no. identity like at all. I, like I say, it surprised me that I that I was asking for they at one point, but in terms of like how well round, well thought out and well kind of you know super present that feels now in 2018. Like I think it's not in the show because it just wasn't in the rhetoric. No, or in our rhetoric. I don't think so. And also, uh, it wasn't in the rhetoric. It also maybe it's because it didn't feel. I mean, I don't know where you are with that now, but it didn't feel like an identity that you were were. Mm. <laughs> you were that you were. were. <laughs> like it felt, it felt like you were a trans woman. Mm. So that was that was where the that was where the kind of debate or the not debate the discussion or the the, the like that was where the interrogation was mm. not not the non-binary stuff because I th- I mean I don't know is that true did you did how do you yeah feel about I mean that? I think it's part of the complicated trans woman yeah and I think that it's hard. Um, I think non-binary is a hard identity to come to if you're... Well, I only talk for myself. Yeah. But I set out our terms. Mm. Um, and that as someone assigned male at birth to to um, articulate non-binary is quite, is quite a lot... It's quite tricky in a way that articulating... Oh, what am I trying to say? I feel like I'm digging myself a hole that I don't need to be digging. I do identify as female. I do identify as woman. I probably identify as a woman with a inflection of they, <laughs> yeah. if I'm honest. Yeah. But as someone who's assigned male at birth, I feel that to say they allows people to opt out of acknowledging that I'm female. Yeah. And I don't want that, so I say I'm she. And mm. I require, I embrace it. I stand in solidarity with it. I love my identity, uh, my female identity. But I kind of feel like it's it's too difficult to kind of you know to to go those logical potentially mm. logical steps. So it's part of the complications. It but is. yeah, that's why it wasn't coming up. Yeah, I think that's why it wasn't coming up. Um, and it's also you know like each not this is obvious, but not everything can do everything, right? Yeah. So each each work in the world, like I'm thinking about how uh, criticised Call Me By Your Name was as a queer film. Um, and I'm bringing that up because I was like, well, yes. Yes, of course it's problematic. Mm. But not everything can do everything. Yeah. <laughs> and so all you can really do is take these small steps that feel uh, authentic and true to your identity and yeah. put them in the world and hope that that speaks to someone. Yeah. And then... So, so in a way... To, I think we didn't address the non-binary stuff, A, because it wasn't really in the lexicon of the discussion at that point. Mm. B, perhaps it, it wasn't true for you at the time. And C, like, because of those two things, it would have felt a bit like, what else? <laughs> I think yeah, it would yeah. have taken us into ed- education territory yeah. because it wasn't personal at that time. Yeah. Or it, it didn't feel personal in the same way. Um, I do. I do wonder if we were, if we were in the same position now, though, whether it just would have felt like just part of yeah. the part of the things that need to be just Addressed. generally explained. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it probably would have done. I mean, it's not lost on me that like most collaborators on this project have been um, queer cis women mm. rather than trans identified 
people. Um, Why do you think that has happened? Well, I think because actually, um, as well as my trans identity, I have also been along the way unpacking what it is to be a queer woman mm. also. And so the, that learning has been as important as the learning from the trans people. And mm. that's like stuff that I keep, you know, even in more recent years have, um, have been realising, like super recently was, um, I mean, I absolutely, I absolutely love being in the company of other trans women like hands Fuck down you know. it's yeah. awesome like been very lucky to be able to um be in spaces around the world meeting lots of different people and i feel super like it's it's great it's always exciting um what i've realized um what i've come to realize obvious um things number four <laughs> seven eight um is that most many trans women are not also queer and then that's always a bit of a shock, yeah. isn't it? Just a bit of a shock when but people I think, Well, I think it's a shock when, like, you meet, like, people that seem to, seem to be going out with people. Hey, yeah. Hi, yeah. Hello. Just, um, we're just wrapping up on recording a podcast. Can we have just, like, five more oh, yeah. minutes? Is that all right? No, don't no worry. Thank you. your space that we are invading. Um... Um, so yeah, just that. No, it's always a shock. I'm like, what do you mean you're not queer? I know. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right then. Um, and in a way, almost that was like a, that was the next thing that kind of yeah. to, to realise after you know the the first kind of thing, um, and that it's separate, and that's yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Um, but so I yeah, that. I'm just remembering who was it that told you. You'd have to be the flag flyer. That's oh, yeah. the thing I remember from My that. My therapist. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. You were like, who can I look to? Because that was a game we kept playing. Who, where are the cool ones? Yeah. <laughs> like, where, where should you be looking to? Yeah. To well, just who, like, like, not, who's, not who's cool? Who's like, like who's where can I find me? Where yeah, can I find absolutely. my where reflection? You rep- where, you rep- where you represented. And then your therapist being like, yeah. Well, if you can't find them, you shall have to do it yourself. Well, he came, because I he said, oh, I'll come back next week and I'll suggest some groups you can go to. And then he came back the following week and went, I can't find any. You'll have to fly that flag yourself. Oh, funny. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, that's all right then. That's a big, yeah. I mean, and you have. Yeah. And I did find them. Yeah, eventually. of course. But he just obviously hadn't looked up. But, um, but yeah, it's a... It's a minority within a minority, minority within a minority, right? And yeah. that's yeah, like a I, surprise. Do, I do remember that. That's one of the things I remember most <laughs> strongly. And you've just been like, oh. all right then. I'm not sure I really want to yeah. <laughs> at that point. <laughs> um, yeah, funny, um, really funny. But yeah, seeing yourself—I mean, that's it, isn't it? Seeing yourself represented. Yeah. That was sort of circling right back. That was what was so deeply weird to me in. We can cut the sticks. It's not about you. Uh, uh, but in New York, on the night of these shootings, is that I went to see a show by a queer Jew, attended by lots of queer Jews, and she looked at me. Mm. And it freaked me out, because I realised that I never see anyone that looks like me mm-hmm. in this kind of... Mm-hmm. I'm pointing at the yard. In this yeah. kind of context. And so it was like, oh, God. It's nice sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's so nice just not to be the only one. But that, I mean, you say, like, it's not... I mean, it's, and all, it's all part of the same yeah, thing, isn't it? But um, not to like appropriate your experience, but that kind of um, 
I recall, and I can't remember if it was part of like when we were working together or if it was at a later point. No, it was when we were working together. It was a trans day of remembrance. Mm. That was, if I'm going to situate a moment in time, um, and I'll be really precise, it was five years ago because I really hated it and then I've led things for the last four. No, and then one this year, which I didn't. So six years ago, trans day of remembrance. Um, and sitting there and having a realisation of this isn't other people. This is this is me. Mm. This mm. I, I'm I'm that I'm and like for all that I'm not some of the people in that in who are named in in that on that day because it largely talks about trans women who are from other countries. But um, but just recognising myself as a trans woman and that was a huge like thing. And then I guess part of like what none of a shit a robot has done is just always tried to be like, I don't know people came and saw the film last week and were like we saw this a few years ago and it was the first time that we'd seen you know like I get that and I think yeah. but you forget that people are going to that you're not the last one to yeah. figure it out and that there are still going to be people who are going to figure it out and, like, yeah. and, you're not, and you're not the last and you're not the first and I think yeah. those, those two things are really important yeah 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 in yeah. the middle yeah <sighs> um we're going to have to relinquish this space relatively soon. That's outrageous. What, um, <laughs> any, I, yeah, is there anything I else? I don't know. I you. want to read it again. I feel very, I feel like it was a lot, I feel like it was a long time ago. That's like my, ma- that, mm. the, especially like the text of language. I really do want to read it again and just see what we ended up. Yeah asking or saying because yeah, so yeah. much of the process was the problem with the language itself so yeah. I remember that maybe that's why I also can't remember the specifics or what we decided yeah, yeah. on because we were like ah but the vessel is the problem <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm yeah I'm super excited to look, read it again yeah I think it's like I, I feel it's better than it has a right to be <laughs> <laughs> we're just given like how much stuff was going on and how many like how how like awful it might have been as you know all of that euphoria and that kind of like being someone who's just like yeah. living through a thing and putting it out there like I think you know like I say it wasn't the first piece that we made but I do think that there's some good there were some good decisions in there there were some like spiky things in there mm. like we kill a fish that's really fun <laughs> you know just some like no, and, and it's it's got um, something. I'd be, you know, I'd, it would be interesting to to revisit, right? It, revisit it if you were ever invited to do it again. Like, there's it's those funny things where pieces sit in a particular, yeah, autographical autobiographical moment, and like what it is to re-embody yeah. that. That would be, yeah, fascinating. Because I feel like I'm on the cusp of outgrowing rituals for change mm. now. That's been like three years performing it. And putting it on film at the beginning of this year felt exactly right. Yeah. Exactly the right time. 100%. Yeah, and I feel like it's probably not that much more time that I feel... I mean, I think the actions of the rituals can go on because ritual is ritual mm. and that will just, like, I could perform well, that when I'm 80. It will hold different things each time. Exactly. But the text of that show a feels, feels already a bit past, which is good because that's why we make new work, right? Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I think it's. I mean, excited for you to read it. I, I don't feel. It. I don't feel ashamed of it at all. Good. I mean, that's. I, think we made some <laughs> I was going to say that's all we can ask. It isn't, but it's it's nice. I wish I'd learnt it. I don't think I ever, I ever managed to learn it. Did you read it? Yeah. yeah. But I also started it and then had to go and pick it up, and it was very emotional. Yeah, but course. every every time I perform, I don't think I ever managed to perform it dispassionately. In a way that I have been able to with rituals, like because yeah. I've done it so many times, get to a point where okay, I can be the performer in this. Yeah. And I think with language, it was always like having said about keeping things separate, it it was always a bit hot. Yeah. Just yeah. in terms of what it was to stand stand on a stage and be in a way that it wouldn't be now because I'm like, oh, I'm Emma, like, everyone knows me as Emma, everyone knows I'm trans, like whatever. Yeah, but they didn't. But they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Isn't it? This is long. Things are long. Yeah. And short. I'm the same time. I'm so profound. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like a long time ago. Cool. Thank Good. you. Pleasure. Should I look forward to reading it again. Yeah. Well, lucky, lucky you. Lucky. You'll get a chance here. Plug. <laughs> Thank you. Pleasure. So there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Rachel for being my guest and to Disparition for the incredible new music. Uh, you can find Rachel's work at rachelmars.org and her show, Your Sexts Are Shit, is going to be at the Edinburgh Festival this summer at Summerhall, where conveniently you can also see me performing hearty. And you can find more of Disparition's music at disparition.info or through a number of the wonderful Night Vale Presents podcasts. My book, None of Us Is Yet a Robot, Five Performances on Gender Identity and the Politics of Transition, comes out on June 25th, but you can pre-order at oberonbooks.com, and we're also having a launch party on June the 25th with amazing performances from trans artists like Morgan M. Page, Binary, Sabira Wahugo, and Noah Kavahawa, and tickets are free. You can book your space at Eventbrite. Finally, a lot of the work I make I do for free, and although I do sometimes receive funding, often I do not, and to this end I have finally set up a Patreon account. Patreon is a great way to support independent artists to keep making the work that we make, and you can find me at www.patreon.com forward slash Emma Franklin, and should you be able to, you can support my work with a monthly donation, which will enable me to keep doing the work that is difficult to fund, working with trans people and writing, performing, and of course recording podcasts, and I promise there will be a season three. So, in the meantime, stay safe and tune in next week for another instalment of None of Us Is Yet a Robot.